the voice of the Thames Valley. River Radio. I think I like it. Uh, you give one quick twitch and the thing is done. Good evening, fellow citizens. You're listening to the Politically Correct Show on River Radio. With me, Wisdom DaCosta, for the next hour, talking about the issues that affect you and your community. And what you can do about it. Joining me this evening will be co-presenter Sam Sethi, and tonight we're discussing... What are we discussing, Boston? You tell me. <laughs> My rants, Sam's I think. Sam's pet political hates. Oh, okay. That could be a long show, everybody. <laughs> Email your views to wisdom at river.radio. Sam, we're live. We're live. Wow. I'm... So, your pet political hates. People drilling when you're on the live on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, everybody can hate. hear that. Right? Uh, no, it's my... not Sam's tummy. He hasn't come in hungry. I have come in hungry, by the way, <laughs> right. but that's another... I just did a barbecue for my family and then ran in here. Well, um, now you tell us. Yes. Uh, pet political hates. My, my biggest one... Uh, look, I love politics. Um, I think it, it affects everybody, and so you've got to... You can't be apolitical, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, either you get involved or it gets done to you. There's no, you know, middle ground. Sam, can I just summarise? I've summarised your pet political hate under two sections so far. Go for it. Add a third section if we've got time. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is bad boy or bad girl politicians. Yes. And the second general point is taking power from government. Yes, that's that would does, be it. Does, does that sort of sum it up? Yeah, I, I, I would say government with a small G uh, okay. would be good. Wow. Um, I would say my first one is why can't politicians? It, it's the whip system that I really hate most. It's so should we go back to the first topic then? Mm. Bad boy politicians. So what are the things you don't like about politicians? I think pol- people who put themselves up for voting, uh, you have to admire. It, it, you know, it takes a lot of time and energy to get voted in. Uh, and a lot of people who try don't succeed. So you have to give them that due. But what I really hate is the overcoached, over-PR'd, politically whipped politician. So if you ask them a straight question, so Wisdom, will you be putting up the budget? Well, I can tell you now in a roundabout way that I'm not actually going to do because I don't want to answer this question and I've been PR'd and coached not to actually answer your question. So I'm going to talk about it in a roundabout way, but you're going to ask me a straight question and I will never give you a straight answer. I think we need more Paxmans is what you're saying, isn't it? Paxman's or Emily Maitlis. I mean, it doesn't really matter. They, mm. they are so well versed in not answering a straight question because, and I think it was um, it was said last night on Newsnight, we, they're so scared now of answering a straight question in case they're quoted out of context or just quoted, let, let alone out of context. So, so that re- really creates another issue or highlights another issue. They are afraid of being quoted out of context. And I've been quoted out of context many times in, yep. in Windsor and Maidenhead by... A political party of another colour. And and it sounds so different, doesn't it? If I say that, well, do you know what? Have you considered this as an option? They say, well, he's promoting this and this is what his money in. Or Yeah, I think what we've got to is the we've got the uh, tete-a-tete. You know, it, it, you can see it in American politics now that, that the Republican Party and the Democrats are so wide apart. I think it's less so in British politics. I think they can be consensus voting. I think you will find 
MPs will cross the aisle to vote if they think it's a sensible policy. You do still get a bit okay. of that. Um, I don't know what that's like. You're the councillor. Is that true within local politics or is local politics so, uh, you know, down the line coloured that, that, you know, never the twain shall meet? I'm going to be a politician now yes. and say, well, okay, oh. I will answer your first question, but I want to go back to your, actually answer your second question and okay. go back to your first one. Right. Answering your second question is, sadly, wherever there are political parties, people behave tribally. And that, well, I say sadly, it, it, perhaps there are areas in the country where the local party, polit- local politics is not run along party lines. But I'm afraid in Windsor and Maidenhead, in Slough and in Medea, many of the others, uh, including Reading and from what I understand the new Bucks Council as well, it's run politically along party political lines. We don't like your colour, you're not in the group, you don't get a say. Yeah, it's, so, it, it's this tribalism that we've got to get away from. I mean, you know, no one is 100% right mm. and no one is 100% wrong. I mean, mm. occasionally they, they are, but but what I mean by that is I'm sure that if you took off the political hats and just put the policy down in front of somebody and said, do you think that's a sensible policy? Well, who, who proposed it? No, 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 don't look at who proposed it. Should we do X and Y? Actually, that sounds pretty sensible. Or, pragmatic politics yeah I'm, I'm just saying that if there are great shades of gray in most positions right you know it, it, for example in maidenhead they're trying to remove the golf club right and if you talk to debbie who's one of the uh, protesters against it you know she will argue vehemently that there is no way that that should happen now she's got some very good points about that which is Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead have met their government quota for housing already but 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 you know what it comes down to a single bit of statistic. In 2012, we if you take that statistic, we still have to build houses. But if you take the 2018 statistics, we've gone over our quota. But you see, you'll find that one party will organize, or argue completely from the 2012 point of view, mm. and another party will argue from the 2018 point of view, and so never the twain shall meet. Let's unpackage this a little bit. Mm. Okay, so a couple of points you've raised there. So one of the points was that people are afraid of saying something in case they're taken out of context. How much of that is down to our fault or the newspaper's fault for jumping on people because they want sensational headlines? Oh, no, the media has a big part to play in it. I, I agree with that. I don't, I don't disagree. The, you know, the, the, the likes of um, Newsnight or the BBC or the 24-hour news cycle that we've got, you know, Radio 5 Live or whatever it may be, yeah, they're, they're looking for... And so any little tidbit of news, anything at all, they jump on it as the biggest story that's ever broken since sliced bread because mm. they are starving for news. So and, coming back a second, the public get what they public wants i think was somebody that once was jam. said yeah, yeah a sound political soundbite you know excellent quote but it's true the public fundamentally uh will get what they want if they stand up and say yeah. we don't want that so do I, you think the public are ready for nuanced debate they are i think i think it's the silent majority that's the problem the the, the the people who put themselves up for politics tend to be at the one end of the extreme and the people who argue right or left wing tend to be at the end of the extreme Mm. but they are the minorities and it's the majority in the middle it's called the silent majority for a reason you know the vote that actually counts every election comes from that silent majority and it's the extremists who will shout rant rave march bash tins do whatever they do Um, and that looks like to, to the news 
the way it's portrayed that it's the majority, but it often isn't. So should we just switch off our TVs and switch off our radios? Most of the time, stop, yeah. Stop reading the newspapers. Yeah, I mean, we uh, let's be very clear. At River Radio, we don't have a news reader and we don't have a news section, as in, you know, on the hour, every hour. We, don't, we chose that very specifically. The Breakfast Show does a 10-minute slot on the news and we cover fun news. It's always positive and we just want that to be the news that we put out there. Mm. The, the, there isn't a need. If you want, you know how many people have died of COVID or you want to know the planning uh, requirements of a local application or if you want to read about what's going on politically, internationally, then I would suggest that, you know, you could go and listen to uh, Radio 5 Live or, or, or whatever. This show specifically, though, was our show to try and bring out the political uh, news in the local Thames Valley and that's what we wanted to do. But other than that, yeah, switch off, switch off, all those bad news shows. I mean, I you know, News at 10 or the ITV News, I do watch it and I do, I do watch Newsnight, but most of it is just repetition. Okay. So let's go back to this issue. You don't like it because politicians don't answer a question. Now, what can we do to encourage them? I mean, there are, for example, I talk about the... I don't talk about... We spoke about this a few weeks ago mm. about some of the bullying in council and how these behaviours come from a certain place in a person. Uh, and the Nolan Commission, this was Lord Nolan, who was set up to investigate the bad behaviour, expenses for duck ponds and duck houses and duck ponds and so forth. He came up with seven principles, and one of them was selflessness. So we've got to act only in the public interest. Integrity must avoid placing themselves, or the very specific definition of integrity, mm -hmm. which perhaps we don't always agree with, all agree with, I should say. Holders of public office must avoid placing themselves under any obligation to people, which perhaps is not quite the steadfast, upright, honest truth today is long sort of approach that most people would, would, would um, have as a definition of integrity. Objectivity, accountability. Holders of public office are accountable to the public. Openness. Holders of public office should take decisions in an open and transparent manner. And honesty. Holders of public office should be truthful and, of course, leadership. They should exhibit all of these qualities above. We've got the power there to say, hold on a second, stop, listen, and speak. Don't be worried about all the, the furore around you. And, and, you know, somehow people need to say, quiet dampen down, guys, quieten down. This is not acceptable. It doesn't happen. Look, the reality of it all, that's very all well and good. And that's what we is the ideal of what people should do in public office. I get that. And, and, and we should aspire to it. The problem is, if you want a job in the cabinet, if you want a job, uh, at, you know, as as the next senior MP, then you, you tend to follow the whip. Uh, and that may be true at local government level or national government level. And the problem you've got, therefore, is... Um, and also, there is another thing which um, cabinet at uh, national government level has collective responsibility. And because it has collective responsibility, if uh, one of the ministers disagreed in cabinet, they have to walk out that door and they have to argue what was the consensus, irrelevant to what they believe. So that I think there are a number of mechanisms in place in government that are wrong. First one is that consensus of government. I think there should be an independence element i think you should be able to say well i argued against it but we voted for which means that you can put your position out but at the same time 
you say that there was a vote in cabinet and that cabinet position means that, you know what, this is what's going to happen. Um, the second one is the whip does just annoy me because it, it's why bother having MPs? Seriously, if all you're going to do is say all of you have to follow this vote, irrespective of what your local, uh, I don't know, borough vote, voting uh, public would like you to do, then, then all, you might as well have a robot. Sounds like there potentially, I mean, I'm speaking from my experience as a local councillor, it sounds like there are a couple of ways here we could look at that. I mean, we've talked about, um, you know, well, let's, let's go look at a local council. They have a code of conduct, rather a constitution which sets out a set of behaviour standards, and most of the time they basically re- rehash the Nolan principles. Mm-hmm. So if you are found, if you, dis, if you um, contravene those standards, then somebody can submit a complaint about you bogus or spurious or, or actually valid and that is investigated and there are sanctions now do you think that and in, in of course in a council that's the the role and jurisdiction of the monitoring officer although it's arguable to say that that, that could be politicized so a monitoring officer sounds like that ought to be a way forward to help improve behavior what do you think no it's a toothless wonder um i mean at the end of the day you know, if, if you're in council, you're an independent, okay? So you've got less of a worry. You, you, you represent the people who've put you there. Right? You're an independent, that's what it means. But if you were a Liberal Democrat or a Labourite or a, a Tory uh, and your leader in your group said this is how we're having to vote as a pact and you go against them, the likelihood they're going to go, well, you know, we're not including you in the next stuff we're doing because you're just not one of us. You're not part of my so let- gang. Let's unfold that. I mean, you seem to be sort of slightly talking about two things here. We can mm. sort of separate them. One is about the internal actions within a grouping of people, the, the political party. And I guess the only person who has jurisdiction over that is going to be the, the party leader, unless he gets thrown out or she gets thrown out. And I suppose there's, it's difficult to, to deal with that one. But within council or within the parliament, if somebody does something that's not effective or is wrong, basically or unhelpful, or hurt something, or somebody, then there ought to be some standards, and clear standards, a simple and efficient way, perhaps, of monitoring those standards, and real sanctions. Yeah, there should be, but uh, again, I'm not sure, I, I don't have the internal knowledge that you do. But what, what I'm trying to say is, going back to my original premise about MPs, I think uh, Parliament uh, and local government 2.0 needs to happen, right? We need a total reform. This is a system of governing that dates back centuries that is probably out of date you know the old way of doing it was you know landowners would come to parliament and they would represent their local constituency and they would vote with the tory party or the whigs as they were and you'd get the liberals and the problem you've got now is as i said modern technology should be used why why do i only get to vote once every four years I, ch- I mean, even for you, right? For Tell you, Sam, hold that thought. Oh. Let's go and look about, uh, look at political processes and, and voting in a second. Let's have some music. So we're going to have some Amy Winehouse uh, rehab. So what do you think of Amy Winehouse? It's one of your oh, she's great. Songs. Yeah, lovely. Uh, it was a tragic situation when, when she was lost. Mm, she Absolutely. was indeed. So there we go. Rehab, I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, Try to make 
Amy Winehouse, Rehab. Now, you're here with me and uh, Sam Sethi on River Radio, the politics show. River Radio, the voice of a Thames Valley across on the web, on mobile and on Alexa. If you've got any burning issues in your area, send them in to me at wisdom at river.radio. Sam. Yes. Back to politics. Okay. That's the and politics I think you show. used the expression Parliament 2.0. What did you mean? I, I just think it's time, you know, like we have um, Web 1.0, Web 2.0, and we're going into Web 3.0. It's just a, a way of putting a clear demarker down that says we're about to change to the next level of the web, uh, sorry, of politics. And I think the, the reason I say that, there's a couple of things. One, So th- should, should we just set mm. out what is the process today? Okay, today I vote for an MP, I vote for a local candidate, and they are there to so-called represent me. Um, but actually, I'm just on the website, they work for you, which is uh, theyworkforyou.com, and you can go and see how your MP is voted. And the problem I've got is that unless you're very active, um, I most people wouldn't even know, A, this website exists, or B, Proactively, so are, are you saying it. that MPs don't represent the people who vote for them? No, I don't think they, they represent the party, and that right. goes back to my point. They will tell you anything to get in power. Once they're in power, they never come back and see you. I mean, I guarantee you, no one's knocking on my door. Okay, and and then after that, they will simply follow the whip. Hold on a second. So they come up with a manifesto, and that manifesto, do they not usually stick to that? Uh, no, you might as well use that as toilet paper in most cases. <laughs> I'm being devil's advocate. Yes, they do have a manifesto, and you'd hope that then most of the time they do stick to it. But, of course, the really interesting thing is that the manifesto covers four, five, six issues. Yeah. In the life of a parliament, there could be a thousand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you can guarantee some people, you could put up a donkey and they'll vote for it, right? Mm. Depending on which colour of donkey they've been voting for. Most people wouldn't care what the manifesto says, what the other party says, what people are even saying from their own party. You know, some people are, I vote Tory and that's all I'll ever vote. I vote Labour, I vote, you know, and no, never the twain shall meet. Okay. Now, so what you're saying is that at the moment, we've got, we go and vote every four years or so. We elect somebody and they, generally speaking, go and do what they want or what the party wants. And we don't have a say in anything else. We, have, we th- thought we knew how they are going to vote on four or five or six issues in the manifesto, but the, by and large, the bulk of the regulations and laws that come through, we don't have a clue. We don't, do we care? Well, here's a question for you. How did Theresa May vote in the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill Clause 137, Temporary Release from Secure Children's Homes? Uh, I would have thought she voted against it. I don't know. I'm going to have to have a look. <laughs> the point being, I don't know, right? Yeah. And there's no way. She, I don't get informed by any system, mm-hmm. even though I might have voted for or against her, but it doesn't really matter which way I voted. She's my representative for the area, and I don't know how she voted in that bill. Mm-hmm. Right? She may not have voted. She may have abstained. Um, so I might be going to Theresa. Okay, well, hang on a minute, Theresa. Um, that's important to me. Why didn't you vote? But isn't that information already available at, on um, the Parliament website? Yeah, and it's what I'm saying is available, but it's not proactively sent. Why might why what's called push v pull, right? Mm-hmm. So I can go to the parliamentary website, I can look up what Theresa has done, which is too late because she's already voted. Ah, why can't I before that election of that or the vote on that? thing so i could should be able to go up there have a system that says i can register for parliament 2.0 call it what you want 
and I can say, right, I'm interested in these things in my area, but I'm also interested in these more macro topics, let's say the police or let's say the gay pride and voting for gay rights, right? So I can put in topics that I might be interested in and I can then have two things that happen. One, before the vote, I can then message Teresa and say, hello, Teresa, you know, it might be just a, a quick message. I want you to vote positively. You know, it might be just yes or no. Which way does which way do you want Teresa to vote? Okay. And she will then get a, a a polling fundamentally of her constituents. So she should be able to then have a free vote in Parliament that says my constituents want me to vote no with this. And irrelevant to the fact she's a Tory or a, or a, a, a Labourite, in theory if she's been voted in and it's majority Tory, then it will follow Tory policy, okay? okay. She's voting with the party on policy. So what you're asking here to do is for um, your MP to reflect your views and anybody's views? What, what if, if, if there's five of you who say we want it this way and everyone else doesn't... No, no, it's say. majority vote. It, you're, you're asking people to register for a service that doesn't exist today, by the way, that would allow me as a citizen to proactively go to Teresa, who's our MP, uh, and say, Teresa, in the up-and-coming vote in Parliament, I want you to vote this way. Now, she might get my vote and a thousand other people's votes, but then she can look at what the majority of her constituents did. And the reason why it might be small to begin with is goes back to this whole point of apathy. As a voter now, I couldn't give a damn what's going on. Because I know whatever I think doesn't matter. Every four years, that's the only time you want my vote. rest of the time, you couldn't give a monkeys about me as a citizen. So you keep saying you want people to be proactive. Well, you don't, actually. You might like them to be. But if you made them proactive, where we had a say in what you voted, and there wasn't a whip, parties would be like, oh, no, we don't want that. That's okay. far too much. So we don't want to lose control. Just purely looking at that mechanism for, for a moment, what we're saying is, Create the technology clearly has existed for decades, probably um, even longer, where we have a secure website for each constituency, mm -hmm. and each person is signs up to that, and they're obviously it's possible to vet them with um, government gateway details. So we know people sign up, so we know who they are. We have a clear identity, and then they're given the opportunity to influence the vote of their MP whatever the vote is, on a specific issue. Now, it sounds like that website would need to also then discuss the issues. Well, it could be. Think of a, think of a private version of Twitter, mm -hmm. right, where the MP puts up the question within the tweet and you then have an option to vote, yes or no, thumb up, thumb down, pretty easy thing. We, we, we heart things and like things all the time on the web, so thumb up, thumb down. And then there's a comment stream. Now, the comment stream might be vitriolic. I mean, if you look at some of the comments on Twitter or you look at some of the comments on YouTube, they're pretty awful, right? So whether that's a good or a bad thing, I, I couldn't tell you. But how simple? I mean, there's a global mechanism that's very simple to do. You, have a, a, you could have a verified account on Twitter. So you could have a verified citizen account. And you just basically have an MP that you follow, very simple, and you say, okay, I'm following this MP, that MP, and that P. And that MP puts out a tweet, I'm voting today at two o'clock on this topic. What do you want me to do? Yes, up, no, down. Let me play devil's advocate here. Well, sort of. I'm actually for this sort of a process and a system. Now, supposing everybody signs up and people start voting. 
God forbid. <laughs> and they start trying to influence their MP on a specific vote or an issue. What, have a say? Yeah. Now, they could be doing it randomly, saying, oh, but you know what? I've got to do it. My wife says I've got to do it, or my husband says, or my partner says. I'm just going to stick anything down. Okay. How do you know they're not making... You want people surely to have an informed or make an informed decision. So don't we make an informed decision as citizens every four years when you ask us to vote? What I'm saying to you is people will have to read every day if there was a vote every day. But you wouldn't get 100,000 people doing it. The the, the problem right now is... uh, most people don't get involved in politics because it's the apathy of politics, right? Politicians never answering a straight question, being whipped into a party policy mm. and no real mechanism of me actually influencing my MP. I mean, if I wrote to Theresa May with my thoughts, she'd probably bin it if she didn't agree with it. That's the reality. On a single person making a statement to your local MP, it's probably irrelevant. I could go along to a surgery and I could say to Theresa, I want to do this or I want you to do that. She can go, very nice. Yes, well done, Sam. Yes, very well. You totally ignore me, walk out the front door and vote anyway. Mm. But when she knows 10,000 of her constituents are asking her and she then votes against what her constituents say. So let's say pre the vote, it pops up on your phone. It says, Teresa's about to vote on this. Yeah. Um, what would you like? What would you like us to do? And then you see that the result of the vote was that Theresa is going to vote positively or negatively against the and whatever. By the way, listeners, we're not picking on Theresa May. Theresa no, May no, just happens just to be Sam's yep. MP. You can put anyone's MP, any the name of any yeah, MP, absolutely. into that position. And, and so the point is then Theresa then goes and votes, and then you get a notification back from the system to say, actually, Theresa followed your vote, congratulations. Or Theresa went against your vote, which was the majority of what people actually wanted. So she went against her consistency. Constituents, wait, sorry, you wait for the next time she then comes back and wants your election vote. Hang on a minute, Teresa, every time we asked you to vote, you went against us. Ah, You ain't having my vote. Okay, so just to be clear then, so we've got this electronic voting system. Um, The MP can propose what it is they're going to vote for. I would also argue that there ought to be some rationale for it. And people should be able to make an informed choice rather than voting randomly. But anyway, they voted now. And the MP, what should be the cutoff mark then? Should it be 100% if all of the constituents said, no, we disagree with you? Two-thirds majority? Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I I think it has to be like a two-thirds majority. That's detail. I, I think you can decide that. I mean, it's like, you know, Brexit was stupid as vote, 51%. I mean, come on, get, get real. We're getting really golf clear clubs, of you or Sam golf, my club, golf clubs have better voting criteria than Brexit did, you know. Now, now. <laughs> now. Yeah. All right, so we've got the system then, and we've got the way of getting this, the vote through. What about the agenda? Because you and I know that when you have a meeting, when you have a parliament, and it's the great dilemma about the EU's parliament, he who controls the agenda controls the meeting. And that's typically the annual or quarterly, or not quarterly, so every four yearly manifesto saying, this is the direction we're taking the UK in. Who should be setting that? Or oh, well, are we that- just going to be randomly moving along from... Um, from decision or proposal to proposal, whoever, whatever the process is. Well, you said it earlier, look, the the manifesto is a straw man overview of the system, right, of what's going to be elected. And the Queen's speech is there to give uh, a highlights reel of what that government 
for the Queen is going to be doing within that session of Parliament. So mm-hmm. that's that's roughly it. I mean, whether as I said, whether people actually read the manifesto or they just vote blue or red because that's what they've always voted, right? Relevant of what the manifesto says. And I probably think that's the most likely scenario. Do you think that perhaps would slow things down in Parliament? Things wouldn't get thrown through quite so quickly and that might... Quickly. Did you say quickly? Absolutely. Parliament and quick are not two words I put together. Well, there are lots of laws which are put through, lots of bills and legislation which are put through. And if you're going to actually slow that down by saying... How's that slowing it down? At the moment, what would happen is that the the party in power... Now, I'm not saying I'm for or against it. I'm just pointing out the issue here. Uh, One of the issues there would be that if you've got 100 bills to get through in a year, for example... And currently, with the party whip, and there's a specific party who has overall control, then that party knows that whatever they've put down on the agenda will get through. But if everyone's got a free vote every time, then fewer of those bills will get through. Right, but that's taking power back to the people. Why do you think we should... The argument is, we are your representative in Parliament. No, you're not. You're not... If you truly are my representative in Parliament then you wouldn't be a whip to vote. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you might as well have a dog voting for you okay. in Parliament. So how far? I mean, I'm absolutely in agreement with much of what you're saying, certainly in terms of process. But the question is, what sort of decisions should be open to everybody actually voting on? What, what about what, security decisions? Well, OK, that's a good point. Uh, I think there are certain national security decisions. But equally, you know, when we were going with Tony Blair for the Gulf, and we all know what a lie that was. Mm. There was no weapons of mass destruction. We all know that was an American um, policy to to, to secure the oil. Um, and two million people marched, right? Didn't matter. I mean, whenever I see people marching, I go, what a waste of time. What a waste of time. It's never, ever worked. You Give me an example of when people have marched anywhere has made any difference at all. CND used to march tied themselves to rails, we still have nuclear weapons. Tony Blair, two million people marched, he couldn't give her monkeys. I'm just saying, what a waste of time marching. You might as well just sit at home. Might as well burn the cars, you'll get more effect. (laughs) Right. So, I think we should have another song now. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Okay. So, tell me, what do you remember of The Who? Who? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. No, I'm younger than you there, clearly. I don't remember anything. (laughs) Okay, so here's the who, and who are you? Oh, 
That's the wonderful Who with Who Are You? And as Sam said, a real blast from the past. Never, oh well. never been on my playlist. Get out of here. I don't believe that for a moment never at all. Never been on my playlist. Right, so you're listening to the River Radio. Talking politics across the Thames Valley, on the web, on a mobile and on Alexa. Now, straight after the Politically Correct show, we've got Tara Dean with Inside the Music Scene. Now, Tara will be talking to Sophie from Rivers and Colours, I believe is the name of the group, but please correct me later on. So Sophie will be talking about Reading Pride and the impact of music and the whole Reading scene in terms of LGBTQ+. I think I've got that right. So stay tuned and listen up for Tara and Sophie after this show. So back to politics. So we were talking about, firstly, the behaviour of politicians, and perhaps we could reform that with that independent monitoring officer who actually did what he or she was supposed to do and hold the not the councillors, but councillors and MPs accountable and have real sanctions. And then we moved on to Parliament 2.0, Sam, and talking about potentially bringing the voting mechanisms up to the 21st century. What next? Where do we go to from there? Okay. <laughs> Sam is just coming across. He has a problem with the... Well, not he has. There's a problem with our, one of our servers not working quite so well and air conditioning. So we, you're listening to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley, broadcasting from Reading to Henley to Marlow to Cookham, to Windsor, and, of course, all the way to Raysbury. Although I'm sure some of you are getting this in Bracknell Forest and across the world on the internet, or the interweb, as some people love to call it. Show my age there, aren't I, Sam? Right, so we've been talking about voting, and Sam and I sort of came up with this idea. Perhaps you should use modern technology. And when you use the modern technology, we'll create an online system which tells people who their, who their MP or even their councillor as voting for and discusses the issues online and allows every single resident, every single citizen who are voting age, and that's an important issue, everybody who has the vote, to then have an influence and say, do you know what, MP, I kind of agree with you, go for that. Or might even say, no, sorry, sorry, buddy, don't agree with that, can you vote against it? And of course, that's clearly going to break the, the, the um, political whip and result in perhaps the political administration not getting through all of the bills it intends to, or what it might do is actually produce fewer bills, which are more quality and more buy-in from the general public. And could it be, Sam, that you're saying is that over a period of time, 10, 20 years, people actually engage with what's going on in their society and actually well, they might wholeheartedly do. follow the laws and maybe even say to their, their neighbours or to their children, uh, 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 don't do that. Yeah... I think we've got to get people much more engaged. And, and as I said, the only way to get engaged is to is to give more power back to people, right? Government with a small G, taking people, taking people back into the circle so that they understand what's going on. Yeah. Right. Okay. One of the issues we had last time when we were talking with, uh, it wasn't Extinction Rebellion, it was with um, Margaret Lenton, a historian. We're looking at the Magna Carta, and we, we came back to this issue of, of the vote. That's a thread that came through. Now, let me read you what Extinction Rebellion said to me. We would like it to be noted that it is not a new form of democracy that is favoured by Extinction Rebellion. Instead, we want it to give real decision-making power to all the inhabitants of the country through citizens' assemblies. Now, that's yep. not entirely dis- dis- dissimilar to what you're saying, except 
rather than doing it through citizens' assemblies, which might create a, a, a forum, a specific forum for a geographic area, and allow people to come in and set the agenda, what you're saying is that we'll let the people we vote for set the agenda, but we will temper that by telling them how to vote in certain circumstances. No, I, I think what we're trying to do is just say that, look, you, if you are truly representative of me, then represent me. If you're not truly representative of me, but you're just asking me for an, a vote, then just say that, right? But don't pretend to be a representative of the people when you don't represent them. Okay, so what's next then? We've talked about the power and you wanted to move more power back to the people. What sort of ideas did you sort of have in mind amongst, amongst your pet hates and what would you well, change? One of the, one of, the uh, one of my favourite quotes is Edward de Bono and um, it's basically a quote which is complexity is fail simplicity. And I think, I think that to me is um, one of the issues. What we've got is a very overly complex system now and that system has evolved over many, many, many years. And I think what we want is for that system to become much simpler. And the only way to make it simpler is to remove away some of the rules. They should have time limits on them. So, for example, um, I think, you know, what it would be is uh, we've got rules from the 17th century that are still on the statute books, right? Um, Now, they may have a very valid reason for being there. But there are rules like uh, having the right to graze sheep on private or public areas. Is that really a rule that applies to the 21st century? Okay, so we're saying there's a bit of tidying up to do, OK, but there's always been a bit of tidying, tidying up to do. But what about getting power back to the people? What were your suggestions there? Well, I think the other pa- getting power back to the people is letting people know what's going on and just being more transparent. You know, and, and that goes back to the first original point. Answer a straight question with a straight answer, please. You know, people are asking you a straight question. Give them a straight answer. Where are people going to get the information from? Because clearly newspapers are, and um, TV stations are there to make money out of advertising and so forth and selling copy. So it's not necessarily in their interest well, to be boringly have, truthful. You also have people like Murdoch who use the papers that they own to create political uh, direction that they want. So he's a kingmaker. So if he wants a certain MP to be good or a certain MP to be bad, um, then the paper will reflect that. Uh, And that's the biggest fear of a lot of MPs, actually, is that they are going to be uh, scandalised through national newspapers. Okay, let's think positive, though. Should we have? Are we saying we should have a government news agency, an impartial government news agency, or maybe this the government should should fund a news agency because clearly the news portals can't fund themselves. Um, should we, well, the, the gov, gov.uk is there, but because it, it's such a dry medium, um, it doesn't really get checked by a lot of people. I mean, the ONS, as an example, is a statistics, you know, the Office of National Statistics does exist. Um, and that Office of National Statistics means that at the end of the day, um, you know, we could all go and see the same numbers that the government sees, you know, maybe a little bit later, but the same numbers. Most people don't even A, know it exists or B, care. So then what happens is journalists will go and do it, which is the role of journalists to go and find this information. And going back to, you know, you were talking about the rules of how an MP or a, a local parliamentary person should um, 
exist. Well, in the same way journalism should, but of course we know that journalists aren't unbiased. They're, they're, you know, we've got GB News just started, which is a right-wing news media. We've got The Sun, which is a right-wing news media. We've got The Guardian, which is left-wing. So now, I go back to their model for journalism where they have to be sensational to get the listeners to get the ad revenue. Mm. So going back to gov.uk and ONS, they, they will purely produce informational data. Who's, what I was saying is that should there be an agency that then presents that data as a news channel, uh, something like the BBC, only not just purely information, would that be helpful so that people can take informed decisions? Yeah, uh, that would be very useful. Right, OK. And one of the other ideas I suppose we could have is if you extend that to election time, at election time, rather than he who has the biggest budget gets the most coverage, maybe that could all be run centrally, whether it's by a council or by the government. So you, everybody only gets one booklet of their candidates and not hundreds of pieces of literature at all times of a day and night, depending on who can post and pay for the most. What do you think? Um, Much more impartial. Yeah, but it's never going to happen. Oh, no, we're talking perhaps because clearly, well, we're not going to get this voting system in, are we? Yeah, um, it would be lovely to have something. I mean, BBC is supposed to be that, remember? That is what the remit of the BBC is, to be licence fee paid from central government uh, coffers, in effect, a tax to provide a media that is impartial. The BBC does try very well to be an impartial media. So I think that's when people are very much... um, Anyway, that's how I think. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing a strange noise every time Sam and I speak, we are not Robot Sam or Robot Wisdom. There is a slight problem with one of our servers in the, in the studio at the moment. It's due to the weather, it's overheating. Just the server? Yes. <laughs> Along with anyone, everyone else out there. Right, back to, um, back to the story that Sam's going on. Um, I was going to say going on about that's very rude of me to say that right Sam we're talking about devolving power to the people what sort of power did you want to devolve to the people you talked about budget setting powers so basically perhaps local councils or are you talking about something similar to the um, uh, Magna Carta where the barons actually said you shall not tax us except by our consent so basically we help you set the tax policy are we talking about national level or local level because we can all vote now can't we yeah, I mean, again, the barons were were the voters in their day um, for the king, right? And so the king would go to the barons to raise taxes, to do th- certain things, but they would, in return, want certain things back from the king to, in order to carry out the vote that he wanted them to do. Uh, we've moved far, far beyond that, and now it's the same thing. We, the citizens of the kingmakers in terms of we vote for the MPs to go in and out, but we now need more power in that relationship. We now want to have more say, or we should have more say, um, and technology has enabled that and will allow that to happen. Now, let me put something to you. Just looking for some solutions, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening and you have some great ideas, email them to wisdom at river.radio. So here's the flip side of that. If for example, let's take it down to a council level. Royal Borough, Windsor and Maidenhead. Serious financial issues, can't afford to pay for services. It's making lots of transformation changes, which to you and I is cuts. Yeah. So what they really need is more money. Okay. So we come to us and say, people, do you want more services? If you want more services and better services, you need to pay more. But if you don't pay more, we can't give you more. We're going to have to cut. So what are we saying here? Are we saying that um, somebody should present a case to the people and say, let's increase 
and that shouldn't be a politician because no way on earth any politician is going to be bold enough or brave enough or have the um, the cojones yeah. to actually do that. So somebody should be saying, perhaps, why not? As you say, why shouldn't it be a member of the public, a voting citizen, say, I want to propose that we increase the council tax by 40%. But if you get the 40%, someone can do the numbers. What other services can we have? Can we have, if you really want it, bins collected every day? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Can we have actually quality social housing rather than leaving it open to the market? Can we start to invest in schools? And so schools and, and um, parents don't have to send in toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, all of that is possible if, uh, if government uh, certainly ensured, for example, that corporate companies paid their fair share of tax. Um, and we, they don't. We know that because of double bubbles and offshores and all the... I mean, the Britain is one of the worst tax haven enablers in, in the world, right? Um, so we have all these mechanisms that allow people at, with high salaries to avoid paying high tax, trusts, uh, stock options that aren't capitalised and, and taxed. And so a lot of the tax that you see raised comes from middle England, right? So... The bottom half doesn't pay because they're probably uh, below the tax threshold or unemployed. The top half doesn't pay because they pay lawyers and, and very clever tax accountants to avoid it. And it's us, the Middle Englanders, who pay the tax. And it's the Middle Englanders who are getting the squeeze. So if we could get, sorry, if we can get more money from the top, then all of those things that you're talking about, better schools, hospitals, roads, transport, rail, etc., we could all have it. So, so we've sort of diverted here. So I'm trying to give it a really simple case of saying, well, how would we apply this locally where things are a little bit more manageable and understandable? I mean, if I said to you, great, we want to propose that RBWM increase their council tax. And by the way, I'm sure that somebody's about to misquote me on this one. We, this is an idea, if you're listening out there. So imagine somebody um, said that we want to increase the council tax by 40%. For that, you will get better leisure centres, your children will have decent schooling facilities, your children would also be able to, to all have a computer and study at home, study at, at school. Your shops, your, your high streets will be more vibrant. Mm -hmm. We will even put in green public transport so you can get rid of no your cars. No one believes them, though. But supposing that was the proposal for 40% of an increase, would you vote for that? Uh, I would, but I don't think everyone would. Mm. I think people would say, I don't believe that the, the money would be used. It's, the problem is MPs and uh, local councillors have shot themselves in the foot over too many years. Um, it goes back to, if you answer a straight question with a straight answer... Sam, you're not answering a straight question with a straight Well, answer. I would vote. I said no, you I would. said I would vote. Excellent. Right? So you would vote for it, and, and then we go ahead with that proposal. Now, when we go to, to the parliamentary level, that becomes a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? Because who on earth understands double taxation treaties? Who on earth understands stock options or transfer pricing? Who understands the, you know, the levies on, on many banks experts and bonds? who do that you can call in, you can have a committee... Of I'm talking about residents. I'm talking about citizens who would then be asked to vote on that. Well, I think, you know, it comes down to people getting educated. You can make certain topics much simpler to understand. You don't have to, for example, um, predetermine, um, you know, what, what it is. So I think um, you just have to say, look, at the end of the day, you've got to give people the options and the choices. And if they don't take it, then that's their own fault. But you've got to give them the choices. So you're saying that you wouldn't extend the issue of voting on budgets to parliamentary level for people. That really should just be perhaps a more parochial council level. 
where people can understand the consequences a little bit clearly. Yeah, I mean, look, not everything can go out to the mass to have a vote on everything. Uh, maybe that's a, a bridge too far. But let's start to move the needle a little further forward. Let's start to move it on some of the, you know, key issues. Look, let's go back to local issues. You know, planning applications, you know, should be, you know, should be allowed to go to to as through technology as a push technology. So I can say yes or no. I'm happy with that. But most planning application is is posted. Nobody sees it, and then later on. You, you hear about it in the local newspaper, but you have no effect later on. Sam, we've reached the end of a show already. Oh, dear. Unbelievable. Hard to imagine that. So you've been listening to Wisdom Costa, Sam Zethi, on Politically Correct. We're going to play out with a little bit of Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Coming up next will be Tara Dean with Inside the Music Scene and a special guest, Sophie, talking about Reading Pride. Thank you for listening. Have a great evening. And remember, if you don't, who will? I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Cross the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs And finally see what it means to be living See, my old man's got a problem Yeah, but the bottle, that's the way it is He says his body's too old for working His body's too young to look like his My mama went off and left him Wanted more from life than he could give I said somebody's got to take care of him So I quit school and that's what I did You got a fast car Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way I remember when we were driving, driving in your car Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk City lights day out before us And your arm felt like wrapped around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged I, I had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone a fast car we go cruise and entertain ourselves still ain't got a job now work in the market as a checkout girl i know things will get better you'll find work and i'll get promoted and we'll move out of the shelter buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs
got a fast car I got a job that pays all our bills And sell drinking late at the bar Some more your friends than you do your kids I'd always hope for better Thought maybe together you and me find it I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere Take your fast car and keep on driving Make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way 